One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. Yeah, so... um Man, this morning, this morning, that that vision was deep, right? Yeah. Um, and it was cutting, um, and it was delivering because the Lord, in order for you to really jump into what your true identity is, you have to be willing to follow the voice into the unknown, right? Yeah. A lot, a lot of you have grown up in church structures, looking for something in a church structure that you can't find in a church structure. You can only find it by the voice, Amen. right? And, I mean, I've been coming here for like a year. I've got some cool connections. The Lord has uh, really started, you know, amazingly, He wants to do something in upstate New York, right? Yeah. Okay? Yes, Amen? Yes, Amen. Yes, and and uh, it's just, it's, it's awesome. Um, and I know many of you, I, I've talked to you personally, you know, aside when, when we're not doing our ministry stuff, and everybody says, man, I... I, I I pray now. I can hear I can hear his voice. I have dreams now. I'm, and and that to me, um, that's why I, that's why I go places, because that's really the intent of the apostolic anointing is to equip you yep. to be confident in hearing what he's saying, yeah. and that you're not subject to a powerless system. You're actually um, part of a group that hears God together and does the supernatural. Amen. Right? The church was never meant to be um, in a cage uh, behind a door um, and subject to uh, an organizational structure that simply entertains you and keeps you in a place. Right? right? Yep. And so many of you, many of you go through times of life where you're um, trying to discover and figure out what you are. Right? It's, it's the biggest question in life. What am I? What do I do? Right? Um, and the reality is, um, we, we have to, I think that the second part of, of this morning's message, you know, this morning's message in a punchline was um, executing the vision of the Lord, right? Yes. Be, being willing to follow the voice into the unknown and recognizing um, the mindsets and the structures and limitations that actually keep you in a powerless position, in a powerless state, Um Laying that aside and we, being willing to follow the voice of the Lord into the unknown, Amen. right? Because the pattern of the of the Holy Spirit, He always leads somebody who's going to do something supernatural. He leads them into the unknown. Yeah. David was led into the into the cave into the wilderness, right? Mm-hmm. Right. He he becomes king, shakes a nation, right? Jesus um, was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, and when he comes out of the wilderness. He said, it says that He comes out in the power of the Spirit yeah. and He shakes the world. Yes. Right? So the pattern of the supernatural is you um, not looking to an organization and a system for what only the Lord can give you. Yes. Right? Yep. And you don't have to raise your hands, but I go over the place and in the, ma- in the masses of people, um, there's depression, there's fear, there's all kind of stuff. Right? And a lot of that is situation-induced, but a lot of it is 
associated with people not knowing what they're called to do. And the scripture actually says in the book of Proverbs, it, it, it talks about uh, when a gift isn't used, depression follows. Yes. So how many of you know that there's, there's, there's so many gifts inside of you that have to come out? Are you with me? The, the, if the gift doesn't come out, guess what? You're not in purpose. And if you're not in purpose, you're in perversion. You can't, you can't be in the will of God and not know your purpose. You're, you can't be in the will of God not, um, not going somewhere, not being led somewhere. There's, there's a lot of unknowns. You don't know all the details, but you follow, He takes you here. You follow, He takes you here. You follow, He takes you here. And guess what? When you know you're in the will of God and you're using your gift to help others around you, depression can't stay on you. Amen. Right? Amen. Fear and, and, and all the other junk can't stick to you because you're releasing the kingdom where you go and you're not a, um, uh, a victim of you know, the, the world of being, being somebody who doesn't know who they are in Christ, doesn't know where He's leading them, what He's calling you to do, where, what He's calling you to minister to, all that stuff, right? And so, who here is willing to go in the next uh, two months where the Lord is leading them? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Whether it's leaving the structure you're in, yep. some of the relationships you're in, um, because He's always going to disconnect you to reconnect you. Yes. Okay? Amen. Yeah. And and so and so that that you know t- to some of you that's fear, that that's like oh my gosh I like my routine I don't like change. Well, guess what? The Lord's always changing, man. I mean, have you read the Bible? I mean, the elders around the throne they see a glory, bam! They fall down. They look up. They see a new glory, bam! They fall down. Right? I mean, glory after glory after glory. I want to see a new glory. Amen. Take me to the next place, Lord. Amen. And so, um, um, I think I think the the second piece, the the thing I want to talk to you tonight is actually a charge, and I think the title of the charge is "Find David." And I don't mean me. I know, you know, <laughs> I'm talking about yeah. how Samuel was sent by the Lord to find David. Amen. You are to function in that same anointing to find David. Okay, and that conf- the confidence to follow the voice of the Lord into the unknown um, and to minister to the people He's calling you to minister to. How many of you know that you have a ministry? Look at your neighbor and tell him, you have a ministry. You're the body of Christ. The Holy Ghost is upon you. There's an assignment for you to go into the world, preach the gospel, raise the dead, cast out devils, prophesy. Amen. Amen. So say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit. Lead me to find David. Who was neglected. Left for broke. In a shepherd field. The one that you've called king. Watch out. He's going to start sending you places. You better watch out. He's going to start sending you places. But here's the deal, guys. You know, I, I, I emphasize this expectation this morning um, in the Holy Spirit. And I, and I, and I want to do it again in, in, a, in a little bit different way. But um, your expectation in the Holy Spirit is so critical 
that some of the problems and issues you deal with will immediately be addressed because how many of you know the scripture says hope deferred makes the heart sick? Amen. Right? So when you're not functioning in the will of God, guess what guess what comes? It's it's natural. If you're not in his will, you 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 know, depression, anxiety, fear, all that stuff is is a normal thing. That's what the world deals with. But you're not normal. Okay? <laughs> And so Amen. your expectation has to know where the one who, who clothes you, equips you, anoints you, delivers you, sends you, it ha- your expectation has to be so dependent on the one who speaks. And the, and the thing that we dealt with this morning was the reality that many of you have put a false hope into an organization and a system called church and denominational brokenness that can't give you what only the Lord can give you. Yes. Only the Holy Ghost. That's it. People say, why are you so in love with the Holy Ghost? I'm like, why are you not in love with the Holy Ghost? Like, how can you not live? I, I mean, I lived before the Holy Spirit. I lived 36 years. I drank myself to death try, trying to numb the pain because of that emptiness inside of me. I couldn't go fast enough. I couldn't have a, 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 a big of adrenaline high. that couldn't be filled. I, I couldn't drink myself numb enough for that broken thing to leave me. But when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, because I, I was aware of Jesus in my um, organizational structure, right? I, I knew mm-hmm. about Jesus, but I never saw the power of the Holy oh, Ghost. Yeah. I never yeah. saw the supernatural and the fact that Jesus wanted to speak to me, right? And when that happened, that when that night happened in 2005, my life was changed forever. Nothing, nothing could ever replace it. And so... I don't know, man. I fell in love with the Holy Spirit. And I couldn't stop praying. I prayed. You ask my wife. I prayed for hours. I'm talking hours. I couldn't stop. You know why? Because I lived a life of depression, fear, and anxiety. And there was no drug the world could give me that could do what only the Holy Spirit could. And when I found out that when I would pray in the Holy Spirit and the presence of God would fall and then He'd start giving me these dreams and visions and speak to me and give me assignments, I'm like, my gosh, who would? This is the best drug ever. This is the, and I don't, I don't mean to be crass and, and, and call the Holy Spirit a drug, but when, I, when, I, when you compare the Holy Spirit to what the world can't, you know, do. Yeah. It's like, my gosh. And so I fell in love with the Holy Spirit. And so there's this concept that um, you need to realize that you can't decide your own future. Amen. You can't, I mean, this is the fallacy of, of church, right? You can't just sit in a church and think that your attendance and presence in an organization is the will of God. That's a lie from the devil. Okay? The voice, only the voice. Only the voice can reveal who you are in Christ and what your destiny is. That's right? right? Yes. Yes. And if he says, go here, you're going. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And if, if, he, if he says, walk into Walmart and cluck like a chicken, mm-hmm. I'm not... <laughs> I can tell you some crazy stories maybe here in a minute, but here's, here's the deal. Um, you know, people say, well, why does the Lord send you places? And I'm like, I don't know. I fell in love. I started praying. I couldn't stop praying. Um, I prayed for days and weeks on end. I would fast and spend all nighters praying in tongues 
and have these visitations and these encounters, you know, where he'd take me to heaven and show me things. And when I would come back and people say, well, what do you mean come back? I, I can't explain it other than my spirit went. Yes. And when I came back, I could prophesy in ways I couldn't prophesy before I went. Yep. Right? It was a, I, there was nothing on earth. There wasn't no church organization. There wasn't no man that could claim credit for what only the Holy Spirit imparted to me. Yes. Right? And so the, the concept of prayer is, is actually a, is a key of access to get into the holy place. Amen. Right? Um, Hebrews, uh, I think it's Hebrews 10, it says, Come boldly to the throne of grace. That you're actually expectant to come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. How many people put so much expectation in coming boldly to the throne of grace that you center your life around prayer even ahead of your church attendance and everything yeah. else? Yes. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. So you chasing the, the presence of the Lord yes. and, and the expectation that He's going to speak to you should be at the forefront, yes. right? Yes. I mean, the, the reason the Lord gave that prophetic word this morning and, and tried to reveal the, the brokenness and the limitations of some of these dead structures that you call church, um, you're putting your expectation in something that can't give you what only the Lord can give you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. And so, um, I teach this in a lot of places. I, I've probably taught this with some of you before, but um, I mean... One of the main things is understanding the concept of why, why does the Lord give you the gift of tongues? Okay? A lot of people don't value the gift of tongues. A lot of people don't, well, you know, I pray when we get into worship or I pray when we sing. But you don't actually recognize that the Lord gave you the most powerful weapon He could ever give somebody. Yes. Tongues is the most powerful weapon yes, that Christ gave us. Yes. Okay? The gift of tongues is actually, um, Paul said this as he's explaining the gifts in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, let one who prays in a tongue be gifted to interpret. So you should have an expectation that not only you let the gift of the Holy Spirit pray through you because you're not smart enough to pray on your own, yep. right? Mm-hmm. You're not, you actually have no idea what to, what to pray for, Right? That you actually give to you give your life to the way of the Spirit, and you let the Spirit pray through you, yes. right? Yes. And as the Spirit is praying through you, the whole the Holy Spirit um, actually is speaking to the one who sits at the right hand of the Father. You know who that is? Mm-hmm. That, that's Jesus Christ, right? Yes. Yes. Romans eight twenty six says, "For he who who um, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings." that cannot be uttered. Verse 27, Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. So wait a minute. Did you catch that? Yes. So the the Spirit is in you, praying through you, if you give into it, if you let the Spirit do its work, do its assignment to deliver you because you can't deliver yourself. People say, "Why why do you pray so much? Because I can't deliver myself. Yes. Right? So the, whole, the Holy Spirit prays through you with groanings and utterances you don't understand, but it says that he who sits at the right hand knows the mind of the Spirit. So the Lord actually rigs this in your favor to the degree that He gives you His Spirit to pray through you what the Spirit discerns your need is. Amen. What He wants to unveil in you, what He wants yes. to reveal in you. 
and Jesus sitting at the right hand. I mean, what a force. What an app. You can't lose, dude. You can't lose. The only thing that you that you can lose, the only way you lose is if you put hope in anything other than the, this powerful gift that the Lord gave you. Yes. Well, this man didn't do this. I, I expected this man to position me here. I expected this guy to give me this. I expected this job and it failed. Well, what did the Holy Spirit tell you? Yeah. Right? Tell me about your prayer life. Tell me about how you knock on heaven's door. Right? Because in, um, as Paul's explaining the gifts of the Spirit, and particularly the gift of tongues, he, he references a scripture in Isaiah 28, um, verse 9. Um, the Lord actually asks a question. He says, to whom will he teach knowledge? The word knowledge is, the, is, is um, it's a uh, Hebrew word that actually means to whom will he bring revelation? Whom will he impart what they need to? Amen. Okay. So he asked the question. He gives all of us the question. And he, sa- he, he goes on and he says, Is it the guy repeating Scripture? Precept upon precept, line upon line? Mm-hmm. If you read it in the Amplified, he answers. He says, No, I will teach you. I will reveal to you with a stammering lip and another tongue. Well, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense to the natural mind. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that doesn't make sense. But it's the way of the Spirit. Yes. Because it requires you to trust the Spirit praying through you that you, you begin to pray and in due time He will begin teaching you. He will begin encountering you. He will be giving you spiritual impartation, dreams, visions that lead to prophecy and releasing heaven on earth. Amen? Amen? Amen. And so do you have any excuses now? No. <laughs> nope. So ask your neighbor, say, say, tell me about your prayer life. Oh, no, no, wait, wait, stop. Don't ask that question. Tell me about your prayer life starting tomorrow. (laughs) Come on, tell me about your prayer life tomorrow. Because you've been baptized in power. (laughs) People say, how did you get sent to India? How, how, How did you do this? How did you do that? And I say, I don't know, I pray and he speaks. I pray and he speaks. I pray and he speaks. I I can't stop praying. I don't, I can't stop praying. Amen. And so, you know, the way he speaks to you um, is what you are. Okay. There's a lot, there's a lot of people that in this discovery process of what you are, you're looking in church, you're trying to say, well, am I the worship leader? Am I the pastor? Am I the children's leader? Um, and you start, you guessing, right? Because, um, in some of these church structures, you are encouraged to serve. You're encouraged to do this. You're encouraged to do that. So some of you feel guilty, you get out of your seat, you raise your hand, you're doing all this stuff. You're doing all this work and you think you're doing God's work. But you never heard him point you and position you. Amen. And people say, "Well, why do so many people in church suffer depression, anxiety, <laughs> yeah. and fear?" Yeah. Because the church isn't centered upon hearing the Lord's voice. Right. And and groups of people together going and executing the Lord's vision. Instead, you come to listen to a guy in a pulpit. Amen. That's not the church. 
The apostolic anointing is to equip that you hear yes. so that you go do. Yep. That you become supernatural, right? Come on, come on. Somebody was here this morning. Somebody knows that they're supposed to cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, baptize, right? Somebody knows that, right? And, um, you know, my revelation of praying in the Spirit and getting a vision from the Lord, um, it, it became elevated in expectation. The more, the more I prayed, the more He spoke to me. And when I went and prayed for somebody and somebody got healed on the street or somebody got delivered or something, I mean, my faith, it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. When's our next prayer meeting? When's our next this? When's our next that? Come on, Holy Ghost. We're rocking somebody. We're going to rock somebody's world, right? And so the context of vision, I want you to wrap your mind around how powerful vision is. Of, of, when the Lord gives you a vision, it's not some fr- frivolous thing. No. Yeah. It is His picture of the situation in contrast to, to, to the world. Right? Yeah. He's, it's, it's His picture um, revealing His view of your life in contrast to the world. Okay? And so, um, this is like uh, 2008, 2009. Um, I had, um, we, we used to do uh, Holy Ghost meetings in my basement every Friday night. We'd have 40, 50, 60 people. I had this huge finished basement. Um, and we, we would, um, pe- people would just chase the Holy Spirit. I mean, we would be there till 1, 2, 3 a.m. Um, we had angels come into the room. We had all kind of supernatural stuff happen. Um, and on this one particular night, um, I had this vision where this angel, I saw this angel walk into the room and he he was carrying this vial of oil. It said deliverance on it. And I saw him start sprinkling it on the people. And so I start to prophesy what I see. And as I start prophesying what I see, oil appeared on my face, started running down my face and dripping off my chin. And people in the room like were shocked that heaven manifested on a man's face. <laughs> I was shocked, baby. Listen, I was, I, I'm prophesying, and I feel this stuff running down my face, and I'm going, ah, the oil's real. The oil's real. The oil's real. And I'm here to tell you, the oil is real. The oil is real. The oil is real. Amen. Do you know the oil is real? Do you know it? <laughs> the oil is real. The oil is real, and when, I mean, I walked around the room, and people put their hand on my face, and when they touched the oil, they, the whole room was on the floor. The whole room's on the floor. We laid there in the presence of God for hours. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Amen? Um, I mean, I, ha- I had this other occasion. I can tell you stories all night, but I'm, I want to tell you some stories to encourage you that you would embrace and expect the Lord to give you vision. Because everything in my life has functioned in vision. Okay? The Lord said, when I pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, what happened in Pentecost, right? You, you guys have all been baptized in the Holy Ghost? If, there, if there's nobody here, if there's people here that haven't been baptized in the Holy Ghost, we'll pray for you tonight to get you baptized in the Holy Spirit. But when the Lord says in, in Joel 2, 28, He says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. You will dream my dream and see my vision. And then you will prophesy. That's a promise to the body. That's you. Right? That, that's you becoming supernatural. Okay? And so, um, the expectation of having vision, if you, who here's never had a vision? Some, some of you have not had a vision? How many of you have visions every day in, in prayer? 
How many? How about every week, every month, right? Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. As I pray, as I, pray I, want your vision. I want your vision. I'm praying. I'm with an expectation, with an expectation that, your that your oil would appear on my face, that your vision would appear in my life. I want to hear you every day as I set my alarm to seek you. Amen? Amen. So, I mean, I had, uh, I had another story where um, um, the first time I went to India... Uh, I woke up. I woke up one one morning. The Lord woke me up, and He says, "Today I'm going to tell you why I sent you here." And He starts to show me this vision of this pastor that that we were going to see, um, and that uh, I was to pour oil on him, physically pour oil on him. And I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, when I lay hands on people, it's to get you really baptized in the Holy Ghost. I really don't do the pouring oil on stuff a whole lot. Um, to me, it's more of a symbol. Um, if the Lord wants oil to appear, it'll appear like it appeared on my face. Amen. And so, um, so, so I, you know, I do what I'm told, right? So I walk into this place, and uh, my interpreter begins to tell the story. He says, the guy who runs this church, um, there's radical Hindus on the other side of the street that weeks earlier had come into the church, drug people out of the church, and were beating, beating the people on the street. And this guy is shaking in fear. This guy is like, um, like he's ready to run away, right? Mm. And so I walk, I walk in, um, I start to preach about the Holy Spirit, and uh, I, feel, I feel, the, feel the Lord on uh, what He wanted me to do. So I stop and I begin to prophesy over over this man and the the just 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 as the oil was poured on David and making him king the, the Lord was pouring oil on this man and I'm prophesying over the guy he starts to shake he starts to fall and the whole church suddenly like gets baptized in the Holy Spirit okay and so everybody's everybody's their hands up and they're starting to shake and the musicians are playing and I mean the presence that like the fear of God is in the room people are on the, on the floor weeping and crying and they have, um, you know, in India, most, most buildings don't have doors. You know, there, there's a lot of buildings that don't have doors. And so you can see out in the streets. And as, as the worship and everything's going on and this guy's on the floor crying, these people start walking across the street. It was, it was the radical Hindus. Yeah. And people are looking, they're like, oh my gosh. And, and as they got closer, the Hindus... Um, they would fall to their knees and start to shake and cry. And they got radically baptized in the Holy Ghost. As, as they stepped across the threshold, they would literally fall on their face or lay in there shaking. And the Lord, the Lord was telling that pastor, I am with you. Do not fear. I am with you. I will even convert those who reject you, who beat you. Right? Amen? So the Lord used this guy as a sign in this place. He made them supernatural. And, and um, you know, I tell these stories really um, to encourage you that I, I don't think what I do is, uh, is unusual. It should not be unusual in, in, in the Spirit. Yes. And there's people in here that a year ago, you, know, you didn't pray in tongues, you didn't have vision, and now you're having, you're praying, you have a prayer life, and you're having vision, and the visions that He's given you are releasing supernatural things around you. Yes. Yes. Amen? Yes. 
Right? Has anybody had their life recentered around finding the vision of God? Yeah. Right? An expectation that the Lord does want to speak to me. Amen? And so, just real quick, um, I want to, I want to, uh, every one of you, every one of you out of your prayer life will discover the Lord's voice in your life. And that discovery process will reveal who you are and what you're going to do. Okay, you can't choose like, okay, I'm going to be a prophet or I'm going to be a teacher or I'm going to be, uh, you know, the child care person. Um, there's some natural desires to do some of those things, but the reality is his vision will position you and send you. Amen? Okay? And so there's, there's, there's going to end up being two groups of people, okay? There's the body. 1 Corinthians 12 says, uh, I, w- I, w- I do not want you to be ignorant of the Holy Spirit. Right? And he, taught, he lists the nine gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. Anybody name the nine gifts of the Spirit? Yeah. Prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, discernment, discerning of spirits, right? wisdom, words of knowledge. Yeah, you, you guys got it. So, so here's the deal. The whole body is to flow in those gifts. Those are gifts of the Spirit. There's not one of you in here who don't, do not have those gifts. You have those gifts. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have those gifts in you. They may not be activated. You may not use them all yet, but they're in you. And so that what will reveal those gifts is your prayer life and how He speaks to you in vision. Because His vision will reveal what you are. It, it will reveal who you're assigned to. It will reveal what you're supposed to do. It will reveal your personal life. Okay? It's, he's personal. And, and um, there's, there's other people in here, um, probably a, a lesser number, but Ephesians, the Ephesians 4 gifts, they're called Doma gifts. They're called the gifts of Christ. That's the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Those five gifts are actually people sent to be the platform yep. on which the body stands. Yeah, that's right. The, a true apostle has a very simple job. He uses signs and wonders, goes into the darkest places of the world, shakes it to the point where people are awakened, miracles happen, signs happen, people come to Christ in unusual ways, and they get baptized in the Holy Ghost, they hear the voice of God through the the gift of the Spirit, they they learn to pray in the Holy Ghost, and they go do supernatural things. That's the simple job of the Apostle. A lot of people call themselves apostle and they're sitting on top of church organizations doing administration. They're, they're controlling how things flow, how things work. That's not the job of the apostle. The job of the apostle is to actually administer the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. It's to actually be a, be a platform for all of you to flow supernaturally and equip you in your giftings. Yes. To not stop the Holy Spirit, to actually release the Holy Spirit and send you in the power of the Spirit. Yes. Okay, how many of you would say, I don't really sit in a place where that happens? Don't raise your hands, but you know who you are. Okay? But the true apostolic, I believe, is being restored in this hour. Yes, it is. Because for, for, for the last few decades, it's been, it's been uh, stolen in America. That's why, it's why we're dead. It's why America is dead, because you have a body trained to sit and be entertained by a pulpit, That's right. being submitted to, it, to the situation, 
and That's not right. willing to be supernatural right. because you're not encouraged, you're not equipped, you're not sent. If That's you right. don't see the gifts of the Spirit in the whole body, you're not sitting under an apostle. Oh, that is good. That's you are not sitting under an apostle if you don't see the body flowing in the gifts of the Spirit openly in a sanctuary. Amen. That's called a dead thing. It's called a dead thing. And I don't care how articulate the guy is in, in, in the pulpit, okay? If he, if he calls himself an apostle and there's no signs and wonders and the body doesn't prophesy, it doesn't cast out devils, doesn't heal the sick, doesn't do work miracles and expect to walk into hospitals and, and see people walk out without cancer, although they walked in with it, if, if that stuff isn't happening freely and encouraged openly in the body, you're not sitting in, in an apostolic place. Amen. Okay? You, you, you guys okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, exceptionally okay. So here's the deal, guys. You have to discover who you are. Okay? And if you're gonna if you're gonna be hanging out with me, um, you're going to be doing supernatural things. Yes. You are not gonna hang around me and just sit still. No. Okay. Am I right? Yes. Am I right? Am I right? And so here's the deal, guys. You have to you have to recognize through using your gifts. Your gifts will dis, will reveal and discover who you are. Okay. Acts chapter eight. Um, Philip, who is identified as a teacher, it says. And I'm going to paraphrase for you. It says that he goes down into Samaria. He preaches the gospel. What is the gospel? The good news. What is the good news? Jesus Christ. Wait, what is that? All right, I'm going to challenge you a little bit because a lot of you have been trained. A lot of you have been trained to demonstrate who Jesus is by reading a Bible and saying, this is what the Bible says. Demonstration of spirit and power. Yep, that's, right. that's right. So it's not a f- philosophical proving no. that the scripture is real. No, it's actually right. a demonstration of the Holy Ghost in power. Amen. You're actually yeah. supposed to introduce people to Jesus by miracles, signs, wonders. Yes. Okay? So Philip goes down to Samaria as a teacher, and the scripture says that he preached the gospel, and the paralytics were healed, the demonized people had demons driven out. All this supernatural stuff starts happening, right? All because he preached the gospel. So I have to ask you again, what is the gospel? Because you have to know what the gospel is. Okay? A lot of you have been trained that this your, your Bible is the gospel. Watch out. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to confront a couple of things here. What God is saying to you. Galatians 3.8. In the book of Galatians, Paul as a father is addressing a church that was awakened by Paul the Apostle, right? They, they, they knew signs and wonders. They knew the Holy Ghost. They were awakened supernaturally. And the Judaizers came in behind them and retaught them the law. You don't have to follow the Holy Spirit. You just, here's the law of God. You just follow the Scripture. And Paul, Paul comes back and, and says, who has bewitched you? Yes. You're a victim of witchcraft, yes. Of, yes. of Jezebel. You're a victim of dead yes. religion. Yes. You're a victim of politics. Yes. Why have you been awakened in the Holy Spirit and then sell yourself short going back to following a dead system? Right. And in the midst of it, he's, he uses the opportunity to reteach what the gospel is. In Galatians 3.8, he says, and the gospel preached to Abraham beforehand. Mm. 
Are you with me, church? Amen. If the gospel was preached to Abraham, you know what came to Abraham? The Lord revealed himself to an absolute heathen in a dream, in visions, and say, I will make your descendants as the sand of the sea and the stars of the sky. Yes. You will birth a nation. You are gonna, I'm going to make you supernatural. And Paul references the gospel being preached before Jesus even came. Jesus wasn't on earth for over 1,500 years. And the gospel came to Abraham in, in vision and dream. And Jesus, you've been watered down thinking that Jesus came to take care of your sin. He just wanted to make you clean. And that's part of the message. But that's not the ultimate purpose. He came to restore the body to know the gospel. That the voice of God would be heard by all. The voice of God would be heard by all. So if you're going to minister to somebody, are you going to pull out your Bible and try to prove to them that Scripture is real? Or are you going to sit there and say, all right, Holy Ghost, you know the, per the situation of this person's heart. What is the gospel that you want to reveal to this person? What are you saying to this person? And all of a sudden, the Lord gives you a word of knowledge, right? We had an awesome word of knowledge this morning about somebody having their pony, their hair pulled, right? It was an amazing word of knowledge yes. and she goes I, I had my I was abused right right yeah. the gospel was preached to that woman that's right sure that's is. Jesus revealing himself to the yes. woman that's the power of the gifts of the spirit that you all get to reveal Jesus Amen. to the people that he sends you to give visions and dreams so why would you waste your time sitting there saying well I think first Corinthians chapter 12 actually says that the Holy Spirit died when the original 12 died. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to go there tonight, but don't get me going. So what's the gospel, church? The gospel is the supernatural vision of God leading you to reveal God on earth to yes. the people that he sends you. Okay? Why did you feel what you felt this morning? Why did you, why, those of you who were here, why, why was the presence of God, why was the fear of God in the room? The right? Why were people f laughing and, and weeping? Because the Lord gave a vision that He wanted to reveal to set His people free from a demonic mindset and system so that you could flow with an expectation in His Holy Spirit. Right? Amen? Amen. And so after, after Philip goes down to preach the gospel, right? All these signs and wonders are following uh, the teacher, Philip. And the next thing that happens is um, the apostles hear that, that uh, supernatural things started happening in, in Samaria. And so uh, it, it says that Peter um, and John, yeah, Peter and John um, go into Samaria. And it says that they laid their hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit. So think of this. The apostles came after the body was sent to, to reveal Christ. So the equipping of the Holy Spirit actually came strategically after Christ was revealed. Yes. Why? Because when Christ is revealed, then Christ can baptize. Yes. Yes. Is repentance the baptism of Christ? No. That's correct. That's the baptism of John. That's the baptism of John. 
The baptism of Christ is a baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Right? right? Yes. So people say, well, I, I repented. I repented 30 years ago. I met Jesus. And they sit in the same place doing nothing for 30 years. You know why? Because you weren't baptized in Christ. You knew about Christ. You repented of your sin, acknowledging you needed a, you needed a Savior, but you actually weren't empowered by Christ. We have, we, have, we have entire denominations that claim Jesus that aren't actually, they refuse His baptism. They refuse His anointing. They refuse His oil. You feel, you feel, you feel the presence of God on that? Right? So, let's talk about the oil for a minute. Right? <laughs> let's talk about the oral, as, as my grandpa used to say. We're going to talk about the oral. The oil. The oil. Right? So, just so you, so you don't think I'm, I'm crazy or I'm off my rocker, um, Acts chapter 19, Paul was walking through Corinth, Okay? And then it happened while Paulo was, was at Corinth. Oh, I'm sorry. Paul walking through the upper regions of Ephesus and finding some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, they said to him, we have not so much as heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, so into what baptism were you baptized? And so they said into John's baptism. What's John's baptism? John's baptism was you need a Savior. Repent. You need a Savior. Repent. You need a Savior. Repent. You need a Savior. So we have these entire denominations, these churches that lead people to an altar week after week, getting them to repent and acknowledgement they have a Savior and they're never baptized into Christ. This question that Paul has here, he says, you've been baptized into repentance, right? John, in verse 4, then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe in Him who would come after Him, that is, in Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Christ. Literally, He laid His hands on them and they were baptized in the oil. Right? They were baptized in the Holy Spirit and power. Amen. And when Paul, yeah, Paul laid His hands on them, the Spirit came upon them, the same thing that happened on Pentecost. They prayed in tongues. And prophesy, right? A lot of people say, well, I know Jesus. This whole Holy Spirit thing, I'm not sure about this. I don't think I really need that. You're deceived, bro. You're so deceived. You're so deceived. You know why, you know why you're able to sit in a sanctuary and listen to a guy talk for 30 or 40 minutes and nothing happened? Not one person get healed, not one word of knowledge, not one prophecy, not one demon cast out, not one ounce of the demonstration of the Holy Ghost in power. You know why you're able to sit in a place like that? Because you have not been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Because if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, you'd be saying, where's the demonstration? Where is the power of the Holy Ghost? You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. You know what happens when I go into churches? One of two things. They either kick me out and literally throw me out, or the whole church gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. There is no middle ground. There, there is no like, well, yeah, you, you don't, yeah, you like Jesus, but not the Holy Ghost. Like, there's no middle ground. That's not the gospel. 
So you've, you've accepted knowing about Him, but you don't know Him. Because you, the Scripture is... The, this is the difference between earthly and heavenly. The Scripture reveals a need for the Savior. When you receive your Savior, He makes you supernatural. You're baptized in fire. You're baptized in the Holy Ghost. Right? The cloud of heaven literally rests on you. Right? You're not a parrot. You're not a parrot pecking seed. You become an eagle sitting on that perch waiting for Him to give you an eye uh, where He's going to send you, what, what you need to go do next. Right? Yes. Ready to rip something apart? Amen. <laughs> rip, rip apart one of those octopuses or barracuda. that that barracuda political spirit, right? <laughs> Jezebel, give me that great white shark. I'm gonna rip that thing apart. I want to feed the body. And if you don't think that's biblical, Caleb said the giants are our bread, right? Caleb said, I'm not afraid of those giants. I eat those giants for breakfast. I eat those giants for breakfast, baby. Send me to face my enemies. Send me to face my enemies. Say it. Some of you are still bound. You're baptized in the Holy Ghost, but you're bound in fear. You're bound in shame. You're bound in guilt. You don't have to raise your hand, but say it with me. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Send me to face my giants. Send me to face my giants. That giant is my bread. That giant is my bread. I will eat it. I will eat it. I will destroy it. I will destroy it. And I will own the land. And I will own the land. That I'm assigned to own. That I'm assigned to own. In Jesus' name. That's my promise. Amen. Amen. Come on, Jesus, send me a problem. Come on, come on, Jesus, send me a big one. Send me a giant. Send me something that will cause me to, to recognize I can't beat it, but I will not back down from it. And it, it's actually so supernatural that I can't do it. I need you to lead me over there and take that place across the river because that place is mine. Amen. Amen. What if the church functioned like that instead of, well, I guess I got to go to church on Sunday. Oh, my. Stand up, sit down. <laughs> yeah, that was a good message, but uh, out the door we go. I'm done wasting my time, baby. Me too. In fact, if I, if I see that, I say, that's a lie. That's yeah. not the gospel I know. That's right. And you got to stand up. You literally have to stand up. And say, that's a lie. That is not the gospel. Amen. Sitting there for weeks and months and seeing nothing supernatural. You've either been overcome by a Jezebel spirit, a political spirit, a religious spirit. Something has stolen the power from you. Because if you were in the power of the Holy Ghost, you would not tolerate sitting there being a castrated eunuch when you should be out there reproducing across the world. Amen? Say this, say, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Deliver, me deliver me from being a eunuch. I am not a eunuch. I was born, I was born to reproduce, to reproduce. 30, 30, 60, 60 and 104. Amen. Amen. So I said all that to actually talk about the vision the Lord gave me for tonight. All right? <laughs> Are you guys ready yet? I'm trying to get you warmed up. That's it. Lay your hands on your neighbor and say this. 
Say this. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Give them ears to hear. And eyes to see what the Spirit is saying to the church. Awaken them to their true identity in Christ. Anoint them in the Holy Ghost in power. Set them free from dead religion. From Jezebel's table. Give them their voice back. Come on, Holy Ghost, give them their voice back. In Jesus' name. All right, so this is a simple vision. I'm standing in this house, okay? I'm standing in this house, um, and I hear this knocking at the door, and I start running through the house. I'm trying to figure out where the knocking's coming from. And I open the front door. There's nobody at the front door. I open the back door. I'm running around. I'm trying to find it, and all of a sudden, I, I walk past this closet door, okay? And when I walk past the closet door, I realize someone on the inside of the closet is knocking. So I open the door. And when I open the door, the Spirit of Wisdom is standing, standing there, and he has, there's two things hanging in the closet. One is a set of armor, and the other thing is a horn. This is actually not a shofar. This, this is a horn. It's in 1 Samuel uh, 16, it says that Samuel took the horn of oil and poured it on him. Actually, actually, 1 Samuel 16, it says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse of Beth, uh, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. So, so Samuel was assigned to take his oil, his horn of oil, an authority, right? A symbol of authority. And go to Jesse's house and find David, right? And and even Samuel, looking in the natural, he went through all of his sons. This one's not it. This one looks big and strong. This one's not it. This one's not it. And finally, are there any others, right? Yeah. And and, uh, the one that the father even, his father even rejected him. Right, and, and there's yes. a lot of stuff out there that says that David was born to, to another woman. Um, David was actually rejected. So David's sitting out in the field, and Samuel hunts down and won't leave the house that the Lord assigned him to go pour oil on. You getting the picture, boys? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Getting the picture, guys? Yeah. Right? And so Samuel actually was assigned to pour oil on people. Do you know the prophetic anointing is assigned to pour oil on people? Yes. Yeah. Right? Say this, say, I'm I'm anointed anointed in the prophetic. prophetic. I'm assigned assigned to find David David and pour oil on him. him. It will transition him him. from the back side of the field field. to the king's chair. chair. So 1 Samuel 17, so Saul clothed David in his armor, right? So this boy anointed in the Holy Ghost and power hears the voice of the giant mocking the army of Israel. Absolute mocking them. Saul, his, can you picture Saul? His knees are shaken, right? Saul's on the, on, the, on the other mountain. His knees are shaken. Everyone in his army is shaken, in, bound in fear. You know why? Because their leader, Saul, who was anointed... 
lost his anointing. Mm -hmm. Their leader called Saul, who was given a direct command of the Lord to go kill every Amalekite living and breathing, he decided to listen and fear the people and let certain people, including King Agag, alive, right? Yes. And the, and, and the prophet came, came, to, uh, came to Saul and said, um, because you have rebelled, he says, your sin is as the sin of witchcraft. Because you disobeyed his voice. Yeah. Right? And so he got chucked out of the way, man. Yeah. He literally got chucked out of the way. You guys hearing the voice of God? Yes. Are you obeying the voice of God? Yes. Yes. Come on, man. The fear the fear of God, the fear of God is coming upon people. And you're you're gonna be so sensitive to his voice moving forward. That you're not going to let yourself be dumbed Jesus, down by no. powerless religion, That's but you're right. going to set your heart on hearing what the Lord is saying to you and being willing to do the most crazy, wild things on earth. Yes, yes, right. yes. yes. More afraid yes. Yes. of disobeying yes. and having His anointing yes. lift off of you yes. than what could happen. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's called the fear of God. No matter yes. where you send me, Lord, no matter what you want me to do, I'll do it. Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Whatever you ask me, you I'll, do it. I'll do it. Come on, whatever you ask me, Holy Ghost. Ask me, Holy Ghost. I'll, do it. I'll do it. Make my heart, Make my heart sensitive, sensitive to your dream and your voice. I need your vision. I need your vision. And I'll obey you. <laughs> so this picture of this king named Saul, the anointing lifts off of Saul, and the Lord says, I'll find one who will follow me. How many churches do you think, just in this region, there's no anointing, because there's no obedience, because there's no chasing down the Holy Spirit, because there's no hearing the Holy Spirit? Yep. Amen. Yeah, true. Amen? Yes. Do you sit in one of those? You don't have to answer. <laughs> <laughs> So, so 1 Samuel 17, so Saul clothed David in his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head and he clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor, tried to walk for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk uh, with these for I have not tested them. So David took them off. He took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones out of the brook. So the picture is David takes off what the dead church put on him. What the powerlessness put on him. David took off the po the politics. He took off <laughs> he took he took he took off um, the, how Jezebel made everybody on the mountain a eunuch except for David. He took off. He didn't want to fit in and be like the other dead ones. He took off Pecking seed like a like a parrot that that is powerless, right? He took it all off. He says, "I follow one thing. I rely on one thing." And that brook that was flowing was a symbol of the Holy Spirit. David said, "I'll go to that battlefield." But before he went, he stopped. He reached into the to, to the river. He pulls out the stones. He pulls his weapons out of the Holy Ghost. Do you know how to pull your weapons out of the Holy Ghost? Yes. 
You have no excuse. Because you have the power to reach into the Holy Ghost with the voice he gives you. I have weaponized. I have become the most powerful man on the earth. And you giants are my bread today. I am going to take your head. I am going to literally take your life. I am going to take what you have stolen from me. That is my land. That is my mountain. That is my place. Amen? Do you pray like that? Come on, Holy Ghost, give me my stones. Give me my stones. Burn Saul's armor. Come on, burn it. Put it in the fire pit. Burn that trash. Burn that useless thing. Burn that false place of security. Burn that religious confinement and that constriction. And that place that makes you submit in deadness. Deadness. Absolute powerless deadness. Making you look righteous but not hearing God. And the Lord says, take that junk off. I've given you my oil. I've given you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've given you my power, my supernatural strength, and there is nothing that can stop one who hears my voice. Amen. Yes. Why would you pray, John? Why would you spend all night praying in the Holy Ghost? Why? Because you believe yes. that yes. stones are going to appear in your hands. Yes. The answer for your problem, the answer for tomorrow, the answer for next yes. week. The thing that has come to take your livelihood, to take your job, to take your money, to take your children. What's your value of the oil? Are you willing to take off Saul's armor? Are you willing to literally take off all this junk that you keep looking to that can't make you supernatural? It can't answer your problem. It can't fix your situation. Your expectation in a dead thing. Saul was dead. The anointing left him. And the only thing doesn't even exist in many places you sit, that yet you put expectation in it. Where are the prophets standing in front of the church saying, this is what the Lord is saying to you, girl. This is what the Lord is saying to you, girl. And this, this body is like shaken in the presence of the Lord. And everybody runs out of the church. Ah! 
people say you're <laughs> radical. Well, listen, I don't know how you can live dead. Amen. I don't know how once you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, I don't know how you live dead unless you accept Saul's armor being draped on you, looking the religious part, fitting in in the political system, making you like I just want to be part of the club. You know what? You know what the Holy Ghost did with David? He took him to a cave. He took him to a dark cave and said, I'm going to pull something out of you that that dead church couldn't pull out of you. I'm going to pull something out of you. I'm going to pull a power out of you. I'm going to teach you how to pray. I'm going to teach you how to rely on me. I'm going to teach you to reach into my brook. I'm going to teach you to rely on the oil. Jesus gave you one thing. He gave you the oil of the Holy Ghost. Yet we sit, we turn, and we want to be beautified by a a place that has no anointing, but looks like they have armor. Do you value the oil? Do you value the oil? Come on, do you value the oil? You have to answer the question. I cannot answer it for you. What are you changing in your life? Tomorrow morning, tell me about your prayer life tomorrow. Tell me about you going into that dark cave, not relying on a on a on a place, not but you're going into that dark cave. <laughs> Come on, man! The prophets are arising in Rochester, New York. Yes. When you get the picture. That the Lord has pulled many of you from many different places to lay down Saul's dead, powerless yes. armor that looks the part and to embrace this Holy Ghost who will make you supernatural. My God, what would 30 people look like empowered in the Holy Ghost, walking through Rochester, picking a fight with the devil? Oh, I don't know. These principalities are big. I don't know if I'd mess with them. I don't, I don't know if I'd mess with those drug dealers. I don't know if I'd mess with that thing that deceived your daughter into being taken in, into the into the whatever. Oh, you want to know what I say? Let's go pick a fight. Let's go find a fight. Let's go find a fight. Because I know that if I reach into that brook and I find the stones to take down that principality and power and ruler of darkness, I know. I know. You can't stop me. I know. I know. I know there's an answer. I know. I know the God of gods. I know the one who raised the dead. I know him. Yes. How dare you, Philistine? How dare you? Yes. Fuck you. So here's the deal, guys. Jesus, Jesus used a lawbreaker to do a supernatural thing. <laughs> People gathered in the wilderness around this little boy king named David, anointed in the power of the Holy Ghost because he did supernatural stuff. Because he knew God so profoundly that the people were attracted to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. 
David did things that, according to the law, he should have been a dead man. But because of the oil on him, he was, he was made alive by grace and mercy and not caused dead by the law. Right? He goes, in, he goes into the temple and he starts eating the showbread. Worthy of death. The Levites died for that. Right? He goes... <laughs> He actually laid on the ark. He laid in the shadow of the ark, which under the law was worthy of death. Under the law, when the Levite priest, went, when, the, when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies to repent for the sin of the nation, if he went in without the blood on him, without the, without the blood, they had pomegranates on him. And when he walked in, he was moving and he's sprinkling the blood. And if they stopped hearing the pomegranates, kabam, dead. Yeah. They had a rope tied to his leg and they would pull him out. Because yeah. if they went in, they were dead too. Yeah. But how could David, in a time of the law, be selected and have oil poured on him as a lawbreaker? He broke the law by design because the oil was on him, guys. Yeah. The law had no power over one who's anointed in the Holy Ghost. And the reality is many of you are still looking to the law as a reason. You think your tithe will save you. You think if you put more in the bucket, it's going to save you. You think if you submit and you be part of the club, it's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's, it's, it's worth something. And, and the Lord says, that's a dead thing. And if you do any of the law... You're required to yeah. do all of the law. And if you do any of the law, that means you don't rely on my anointing. Because Jesus Christ conquered sin in the grave, and He is the only one worthy of being, being honored for what He did. He conquered sin in the grave, right? And He says, I am going to put on you the oil that I put on David. How did, how did Jesus Christ come to the earth? He came as the son of David. Yes. Right? Yes. Why, did David, why did the Lord look at a lawbreaker that he poured oil on, but he, he killed people? He broke the law, but somehow he remained alive. You know why? Because of the oil. Yes. It says that David's heart chased God. Yes. He chased God so profoundly that he created an atmosphere. Mm. You have the power to create an atmosphere. Yes. Your heart... Mm can create an atmosphere, yes. right? And that atmosphere has the ability to bring people out of deadness and into life, right? Yeah. Why am I so, yeah. why do I pro, so profoundly preach the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus came as the son of David to put the same oil on you that he put on David. Amen? Amen. 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 The, the oil of the Holy Ghost. And so David so profoundly chased the Lord, chased the Holy Spirit, that in a time where the Levite law system was still functioning in the temple, David actually creates Zion, a place of refuge, where he worships and lays at the ark, which was again worthy of death, but because he had the oil on him, he could, he, he, he could, he could be one. He could be one with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
Because the oil, he loved the Holy Ghost. He loved the Holy Ghost. Right? He loved the Holy Ghost. He fell in love with the Holy Ghost. He, he, he needed nothing else but the Holy Ghost. He relied on the Holy Ghost. Right? And that love affair, his heart created a place where prophecy flowed. The Psalms, everything. People weren't gathering in the temple they were gathering on Mount Zion because God would come down, the presence of God and the supernatural. And in a time where they weren't supposed to have the presence of the Holy Spirit, David brought it in. Amen. He yeah. ushered it in. That's why the Father says, I'm sending my son Jesus as the son of David because David was a man after my heart. David chased him. He relied on no man. He relied on nothing else. He relied on no system. He did not. He relied on no approval. He he, he didn't seek an organization to bless him, um, uh, ordain him, and say yes, you can go do this. He said, if the Lord told me to do it, I go do it. Amen. 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 Authority doesn't come from an organization. Authority doesn't come from a man. I don't care how anointed that man is. That authority, if the Lord spoke to you and he said do it, that means do it. Amen. Don't be a Saul. Tell your neighbor, don't be Saul. Don't be Saul. Don't lose your anointing. Don't lose your anointing. Because you fear man. Because you fear man. Fear God. Fear God. Come on, fear God. Fear God. <laughs> Come on, man. There's people being liberated in here. There's people being liberated. There's giant killers being awakened. <laughs> Exodus 40:15. You shall anoint them. <laughs> Exodus 40:15. You shall anoint them as you anointed their father, that they may minister to me as priests, for their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. Numbers 35:25. So the congregation shall deliver the manslayer from the hand of the avenger of blood, and the congregation shall return him to the city of refuge where he had fled, and he shall remain there until the death of the high priest who was anointed with the holy oil. Who's your high priest? Jesus. Jesus. You gotta love the book of Hebrews, man. The revelation of Jesus, your high priest who took all your sin, all, all your limitation, all your powerlessness, all your inability to the grave. The priest has died and he has been resurrected and he is saying to you, I want to pour so much oil on you that you become so saturated that you look like me. Because your sin is forgiven. You don't have to do any law thing. You don't have to be convicted under some dead legalistic conviction, some lie that forces you to do these 10 things and then work under a man for 20 years to where you're accepted. All those things are a bunch of lies. Jesus is my high priest. Yes. Jesus is my baptizer. Yes. Jesus is the one who anoints me. Yes. Jesus. Yes. No man. Amen. Amen. Yes. You see, your job as a body, and I'll say it again, the apostolic anointing is to be a platform to birth the body, to be supernatural, so that you would roam the earth hunting David's. You would be carrying your horn of oil because you value your oil so profoundly that you carry the oil and you want to give it away. You want to give it away. You want to give it away. Everywhere you go, you want to give it away. Right? 
And there's no, when the giant comes before you, when the dragon comes before you, nothing will, in, it, nothing will overwhelm you because you're, it's, it's impossible to lose. Yeah. It literally is impossible to lose. You see, you're a free man if you take off Saul's armor. Yes. You're a free man if you reach into that river and you step onto an impossible battlefield. Where only the Lord can 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 be supernatural. Amen. Amen. Before we pray, I want to I want to talk about one more thing. The Lord, the Lord, um, David did some pretty stupid things, right? Yes. He killed people. But yet the Father said, "This is a man after my own heart." And there's one thing where David demonstrated that he became complacent and he was so um, confronted by the Holy Spirit that it cost not only him, but it cost his nation life. In in 2 Samuel 24, David decides to number his army. Why in the world world would a man who faced a giant when he took off off Saul's armor and reached into into the Holy Ghost to pull out weapons and took down a giant... Why in the world would a man suddenly decide to look at numbers? Why would he look at in the natural yeah. about whether this battle is winnable or not? Yeah. Whoops. Mm. Why? Why would you look in the natural as to whether or not this battle is winnable or not? Why would you not look to the one who raises the dead, heals the sick, and casts out devils and does supernatural things? Amen. Right? Why? So... You know the story, right? 2 Samuel 24, verse 12, Thus says the Lord, I offer you three things. Choose one of them for yourself, that I may do it to you. So Gad came to David and told him, and he said to him, Shall seven years of famine come to your land, or shall you flee three months before your enemies while they pursue you, or shall there be three days of plague on your land? There, there, was, a, there was consequences for not relying on your God. Amen. And many of you are in bad, tough, tough situations. Many of you are in bad, tough situations and you've been doing the religious thing that you didn't rely on your God. And that may sound like a harsh thing, but if you really want deliverance, <laughs> the, Lord, the Lord's here to restore you to a revelation of the embrace of the oil that you would not tolerate powerlessness and Saul's armor that can only give you what the oil can give you. Yes. Amen? David, can I share a dream I had? Absolutely, my friend. I don't want to interrupt. But, yeah, go ahead. But I, can't, I, can't, I cannot get this out of my head. <laughs> and I told you a little bit about, about this dream, but it, it was Monday night, and I woke up, and I haven't been able to get out of my head. And It's, it's quick, but, I'll, but it, it applies to what you were saying. And So in my dream, I found that there, there was a pit underground where they were putting people in, and there were demons under there that were converting them, taking their spirits, and turning them into, into demons. So I found out about it, and I went down there to, to investigate. And when I did, I, I hopped in, and someone closed the, the, the door, closed me in. And it's, yeah. it was an underground concrete bunker, and I was closed in there with these demons. So it was dark and like, kind of lit, so you could see them coming. And if they even scratched you or bit you you became a demon. Wow. And I thought I was alone down there, so I'm, I'm fearful. 
right, all for my life. And all of a sudden, I see David Cuppet running around there. <laughs> I told Jackie there was somebody, but I didn't tell who it was. It was you running around, no armor. So if you get scratched, right, you're, you're a demon. But you're covered in oil. It was like a Kevlar like harness, like oh, a, with a sword in the back. And you're running around, and I and I come into you, and you like rub your like, I guess it's kind of like your oily body. Yeah, on me. yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm got the oil on me. Yes. he was like he was looking good. And, and as he would you cut the head off yeah, the yeah. demon, you would free the spirit of the of the person who had been yes. converted out, and they would their, their spirit would go through the ground up to the earth, out of the dead. So they were released out of hell, That's so funny. Yeah. right to life. Yes. By the words of my fellow preacher, <laughs> I am here to put some oil on you. Amen. I've been assigned to oil you up. I've been assigned to take those lies, that false-looking strength that you rely on called Saul's armor, what the church has put on you, where you've accepted your powerlessness. I've come to oil you down. I've come to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. So let us. Oh my goodness. Say this with me, guys. Say Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. I fear you. Thank you for the fear of God. Thank you for the fear of God. I hear wisdom knocking on the door. I hear wisdom knocking on the door. And I open the closet in my house. And I open the closet in my house. With a choice. With a choice. And I choose well, Lord. And I choose well. I burn Saul's armor. I burn Saul's armor. And I hold your oil. And I hold your oil. I ask now. I ask now. For the assignment. For the assignment. Of taking the oil, taking the oil into the shepherd's fields, into the shepherd's fields, into the highways, into the highways, into the byways, in every place on earth, that I would not only preach the gospel, revealing the vision of the Lord, but I would baptize people in the Holy Ghost, in the oil of the Holy Ghost. I ask Holy Spirit, ask Holy Spirit for, Christ's baptism for Christ's baptism to be upon my hands. Be upon my hands. 
I pray for the oil of the Holy Spirit to be so present that my hands would burn and my heart would flutter day and night with an anticipation of who you're leading me to next to lay hands on. That they would be baptized in the, in the, in the Spirit of Christ. In Jesus' name. I ask you, Holy Spirit. Come on me right now. Come on me right now. Come on, say, say I repent. I repent. In every way. In every way. That I've received Saul's armor. That I embrace Saul's armor. That I've accepted Saul. In a dead sanctuary. I'll do it no more. Anoint me. And I'll reach into your brook. With an expectation. That every giant that stands before me. Shall fall. Because I've been weaponized. By the Holy Spirit. Oil of God. Come on me right now. Come on. Come on. Oh, let the oil flow, Lord. Come on, new oil. Come on, the Lord. Putting fresh oil on you guys. Come on, the Lord is putting fresh oil on you guys. You guys have been sitting, many of you have been sitting in dead places. You've been sitting in hell. You literally have been sitting in hell. <laughs> Oh my gosh! You've been, <laughs> come on, you, you, some, some of you have been literally sitting in hell, but the Lord has come to put oil on you, that the demons would not have power over you, that the demons would no longer be able to torment you, amen, that there would be no torment, because the oil is present. Come on, say it with me, I eat giants, I eat giants. I eat giants for my bread in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.